people of God had been in exile, they're coming home to Jerusalem. They see the steps leading into the temple, and as they ascend each one, they pray and give praise to God. They teach us how to pray and praise God in difficult times. Join us for this series every Wednesday night, 6 o'clock. Well, as we move together through the Psalm of Ascents, we have come to the fifth step. Remember the background of these Psalms. There is the uh, background of those people of God being in exile in Babylon. They had come under the prophesied judgment of God. They had been carried off for two generations into exile and through the sovereign plan and purpose of God using a pagan king from Persia named Cyrus, they were able to return to their beloved city of Jerusalem and to their beloved temple. Though now in ruins, at least there was leading up into the temple complex those 15 steps. So as they're in exile and they're beginning to make their way back, they are along the way praying these prayers and singing these songs. And historians and scholars, many of whom believe that they arrived at the city and as they ascended these 15 steps in gratitude to God for all that he had done for them and in the consecration of their lives to God, they would take each step and along the way they would sing or say or pray one of these psalms of ascent. We're in a section in the psalms of ascent when the theme could be, could well be, the joy that is ours in the worship of God. Do you know that the worship of God can become routine? Do you know that the worship of God can be reduced to a ritual? Do you know that the worship of God can just become a part of what we do? It's Sunday. We go to church. Do you know that one of the real blessings of COVID-19 is that it has shown us what happens, I believe, at least many of us, and what happens when we take for granted those common grace blessings of God. What do you do when it's Sunday and you can't go to church? What do you do when the Lord's Day comes and the routine of getting ready and making your way to join with the people of God that we love. We love each other and we care for each other and we rejoice in the privilege of being together and we simply cannot do that. I promise you this as believers, that whenever the way is clear in 2021 for us to have more freedom to join together in worship, we 
we will take advantage of that and we want to come together in the same way. We will be grateful to God for the privilege. This section uh, on joy and worship focuses in Psalm 122 first on the place of worship. And we talked about the place of worship and then Psalm 123 focuses on the person whom we worship. We don't gather on the Lord's day to worship ourselves or to adore one another or to give affection for our tradition. We don't uh, bow down to our denomination. We come together to worship God. And now tonight we turn our attention to Psalm 124. Joy in worship because of God's provision and God's protection. We come together to praise God for all that he does to provide for us and to protect us as his people. So let's pray and let's establish a context for this psalm in our own lives and then let's listen to its verses. Father, we have opened tonight your holy word. It's not a novel that we read like we would read some book that we would read at night while reclining in bed. It is a historical narrative, but it is far more than that. It unfolds history, but it unfolds history that is pointing us on page after page to the one who is the center of history. It is unfolding your purpose and plan from creation all the way to consummation, from eternity past into eternity future, from the first day upon the earth to the last day upon the earth. It is a story that we read, but it's far more than a story because this story is true and this story unfolds absolute truth. We're reading Revelation, not the last book of the Bible, which we do read. It's your revelation of yourself to us. And we read it to understand and to comprehend, but we read it also to hear and to see truth. And not just for information, I pray, but even this night we read it for the purpose of being transformed by truth. So come, Holy Spirit, welcome guest. And upon us tonight, would you be pleased 
to rest. Teach us your word. Unfold for us your way. Move us along tonight in our walk with you as we worship you together on this day. In Jesus' name, amen. How do we how do we go about living our lives every day as followers of Jesus, children of God, knowing and sensing and being secure in his provision for us and his protection of us? How do we know we're making the right choices? How do we know that we are taking the right steps? How can we be sure that we're moving in the right direction? I would suggest to you tonight, and I'm praying and have been praying in preparation for tonight, that I can be clear in communicating what's in my head. Sometimes that's not easy to do, or what's in my heart, or what I have written as notes on a page. But I prayed that I might be clear in communicating that I believe there are three ways that we go about uh, making our decisions, choosing our direction, charting our course every day. I'm not uh, condemning any of these three. I'm just saying that from my observations of my life and the lives of others, it seems that there are three ways as believers that we go about making our decisions and charting our course every day. Here's the first Uh, The first is that we simply uh, choose every day the course that we will take for that day, or maybe we choose different options during the day. We're faced with a decision in the middle of the day, and in that particular moment in time, we just decide. Uh, Somewhere underneath, somewhere inside of us, somewhere there is an awareness of the presence of God and the promises of God, but we go about our day basically self-directed, it seems. It seems that uh, there is no uh, supernatural force that's at work in our deciding our direction or choosing our course. A life seems to be lived every day like other people are living their lives. Believers and unbelievers, we choose, we chart our course, we make our decisions, we determine our direction. That's one way. Another way is that we are consciously aware that we live our lives in light of the presence and promises and power and purpose of God. 
So we begin our day in prayer. Maybe we end our day in prayer. It frames our day. We begin our day in the word of God. We want to hear from God. And it's not so much that we are needing every day some display from God's word that we're walking in the right direction. It, I think it's simply a reminder to us every day when we read the Bible and reflect on the Bible and pray that we do indeed belong to God. And so we get up in the morning with our coffee in hand and we pray, we read, we reflect. Uh, for some of you, that's not long because you have a job to which you have to go. And for others of you, it can be a much longer time. I think one of the great benefits of retirement for people is that you have more time to spend in the Word of God, more time to spend in prayer, more time to do what is the most useful ministry for the believer in interceding for other people. So there are those who live their lives in the conscious awareness, not the subconscious awareness, but the conscious awareness of the reality that life must be directed by God or it is not the life he's called us to live. Then there's that third group, I think, to which most of us belong. I don't think we want to be self-directed and self-determined daily. I don't think we want to live with no awareness, except that we know that God is present, but we want to be aware that he is. And so that third group where life can be made up almost every day of those moments where we do pray and we do read God's word and we do want to hear from God, but there are so many moments in the day when we can get flustered, we can get frustrated, we can get stressed, we can get weary, we can feel like the weight of the world has fallen on us and we've got to do something, we've got to say something, We've got to intervene in some situation. We've got to say the right word or do the right thing. You can go on and on. But however we live our lives day by day, self-directed with an unconscious awareness that God is there, living with a conscious awareness that God is there because of what we're doing to nurture that confidence in God's presence or some combination of the two. I pray that every believer, every one of us knows that every day of our lives, there is a strong arm of God that is saving us. And that there is a large large hand of God that is holding us. And that there is a hand of God that is guarding us and guiding us day by day. I pray that not one of you listening to my words now really believes the lie of this world. 
You choose your course because you determine your direction and your destiny. You live large and in charge because you really are in charge. You can be whatever you want to be. Dream your dreams big and then go chase them because you're the man or you're the woman. The other night, Ann and I were shopping in Augusta. We had gone to Publix there on Washington Road and we hadn't been there in a long, long time. I had gone there recently and was just so impressed by the store that we... Uh, moved away from our normal grocery shopping location in Augusta for that one visit to Publix. And we walked in and they have this massive counter that has all kinds of greeting cards. Ann and I both have uh, grieved the loss of Lifeway Christian stores in Augusta. They had a wonderful collection of greeting cards for every occasion. I love to go there and look at the greeting cards because so many of them had far more than just sentimental content. They had good, solid scriptural content. So while I am shopping for cards for our anniversary and for Christmas and other things, she said, would you, would you go look for a graduation card for Caleb? Caleb Tobat is graduating this week from Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. So sure, I'll go and I, went and I was, uh, I could feel as I read the cards, my blood pressure rising. Because every card said basically the same thing and it went something like this. The key to success is inside of you and it's you. You alone determine what will be the meaning of your life. Oh, I pray you don't believe that. I pray that as a believer, you know that behind you and over you and under you and all around you is the largeness of the greatness of the grace and glory of God. Because if the key to success is you and it's inside of you, then brother and sister, you're on your own. To protect yourself, to provide for yourself, that's scary to me. Is it to you? The psalmist knew that joy in worship, in part, comes when we know that our God provides for us and our God protects us. Psalm 124 that addresses this issue is made up of two parts, verses 1 through 5, and then the remainder of the psalm. Verses 1 through 5 is structured in an if-then format. Uh, the mood in the Bible, the grammatical mood that uses the if-then format is the subjunctive mood. And one of the conditions of the subjunctive mood found in the Bible is what is called a real condition. If this is true, then this is true. 
Now, this is the format that is followed in the first five verses of this psalm, and we are pointed through these verses to the true truth. It's a term that was coined by Francis Schaeffer in the 60s when he saw so much in our culture that was proclaimed to be truth that was not truth because it came from science and it came from philosophy and it came from culture and it came from so many other places, but the only place where there's absolute truth. So Schaefer began to talk about truth that comes flowing through the culture as opposed to true truth, which is given to us in the word of God. Listen to the psalmist as he writes. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel not now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when people rose up against us. That's the if. The Lord is on our side. And the Lord is for us. Now, here's how it works, and the flow of this is very important. The God who is for us must be first and foremost the God who is with us, and the God who is with us must be the God who is in us. It's what we're celebrating at Christmas that the eternal word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. They called him Emmanuel, God is with us. But this God who is with us, whose name is Jesus, came to save his people from their sins, and when he saves us by his grace, through faith in him, when we are saved by Jesus, in the power of his spirit, Jesus enters inside of us. He lives inside of us. God is in us. And because God is in us, we can say with confidence that God is with us. And because God is with us, we can say with confidence that God is for us. That's why it's repeated twice. If God is on our side, if God is on our side, are you sure that God is on your side? Well, yes, because I know, I know that he lives inside me and I know that he is with me and because I know that he's in me and because I know that he is with me, I know that he is for me. There's this marvelous passage in the book of Joshua where Joshua is on his way to Jericho 
and he has ridden his horse all the way to uh, the place where he was alongside Jericho. And we read in Joshua chapter 5, beginning in verse 13, when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us? Are you for our adversaries? Are you for us or against us? Now, many people think that this person with the sword drawn is a pre-incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ. I tend to believe that is true. So here is Jesus with the sword, the sword, the word of God. Here is Jesus with the sword standing in front of Joshua. Verse 14, this one with the drawn sword said, No, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. I've come. I've come to you. I've come among you. Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals from your feet, for the place you are standing is holy. That same phrase spoken earlier to Moses at the bush that was burning but was not consumed. You don't stand in the presence of the living God, the holy God and hear him speak to you without being overwhelmed by the reality that this God comes to live in you and is with you and for you. Tony Evans said that in essence, though it's not in the text, what Joshua was asking was, are you on our side? Are you on the other people's side? And what Jesus said to him was, I didn't come to take sides. I came to take over. That's what he does with your life. As a child of God, he's taken over your life. That is a reason for rejoicing, for singing glory to God in the highest and peace on earth among men with whom he is pleased. If if the Lord is on our side, He is in us. He is with us. He is for us. If the Lord is on our side, then. If he had not been on our side, verse 3, then they would have swallowed us up alive when their anger was kindled against us. Then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have come the raging waters. If God is not in us, he is not with us. And if he's not with us, he is for us. And if he's not for you, listen, he is against you. If you're not under his grace, you're under his wrath. If you're not under his loving care, you're under his divine judgment. That is why in worship we rejoice as his people that we have received his provision 
and his protection. That is why the last three verses erupt in praise. Blessed, blessed be the Lord who has not given us his prey to their teeth. This is speaking of in images, of course, but wild, ferocious animals. We've we've not been consumed by them. The big things, the bad things, the horrible things that come against us. The cancer did not consume us. COVID-19 did not destroy us. That relationship failed, and we feel the pain of its failure. But we know who we are as the people of God. But it's not just big things. Look at this psalm, because he moves all the way from speaking in images of the wild beast to speaking of birds. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. God is concerned about every detail of your life, friend. He's not just keeping those big things at bay and if they do consume you, they can't destroy you because He is in you and he is with you and he is for you. He's concerned about those little things. This conclusion comes now. Our help. Uh, We've already seen this word over in Psalm 121, verse 2. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Our help, our aid, our It's a word that's used of the one that comes to us as our companion, and he comes to us to give us what we most need. He's always right on time. Our help. Our help is in the name of the Lord. We can trust this God. We can trust his character. We can trust his conduct. We can trust his faithful communication to us through his word to give us everything that we need. Our help is in the name of the Lord because he is the maker. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. In beginning, God created. If he doesn't, the whole world remains in chaos. Because he does, you can be clear tonight, friend, that this God who is in you and who is with you and who is for you, this God will provide for you and protect you and give you all that you need. (laughs) Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, forget not his benefits. You have been so good to us, O God. You have provided for us. You have protected us. You are our strength and our shield. You are our fortress and our defender. You alone are God. And we bless and praise and honor and magnify your holy name. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, I will meet you again next Wednesday night. I am very grateful for Greg and Cindy Brogan, who give a lot of time and effort and energy to making all of this work. I've had so many people uh, just express gratitude for what is happening during this time, even with COVID-19, that we're, we're trying to get the word out to you and to the word out to you. We're trying to uh, maintain as much of a family sense of being together as we can. It's not easy. But we're working at it, and uh, I don't know what I would do without those two. I'm grateful to God for them. So when you see them, uh, just thank them. Uh, I, I would have no way of knowing how to do what they're doing. And they do it with, well, they do it with skill, and they do it with ability. They do it with an expertise that is very professional, and they do it with dignity and integrity and grace. And I'm grateful. Have a good night. Talk to you again soon.